Hey there, folks. What do you know? We're back once again. It's the Uticast episode 143, and this week we are joined by GFOP Derek Crossman of Rust to Green as he joins us. It's been a long time since I've talked to Derek, and he's done lots of things with us and me and Utica. Very excited to sit down with him. Also this week we're going to talk about the difference between art and vandalism, passing a Stephen Hawking, uh, how United Airlines is the worst, national school walkout. Uh, we're going to talk about some history lessons, plastic bottles, extreme post-it notes, a uh, little tech corner, where you put your ketchup, all this, folks, and much, much more. We are happy to have you here. I don't know why I say it every week. You guys know. You know I'm happy you're here. Just, just you appreciate you. That's all. That's all. This is the, my new segment of the show where I peruse this Bed Bath Beyond insert from the newspaper. Well, we talk about the news of the week. Yes. Do you, do you use your coupons? Uh, there's no coupons in here. It's just telling you what you can get. Oh, no, no, no. Ten dollars off. All right. Yeah. Yes. There you go. We have to get one of those quilts. Ninety-nine dollars on select quilts right oh, now. No, so thank you. If you want to send us some Wait, ad money. Ninety-nine dollars for a quilt. It's not a deal. Yeah, but they're probably like really nice quilts. No. Did someone? Did someone? Quilt it for me? Look, or I'm not it... buying the quilt. No, yeah, if somebody you're quilted talk it for about the you. Show, you need to know your, your stuff. This is a new segment I just invented. You guys bothered <laughs> me to make me do the podcast while I was reading my ads. <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back. Episode 143 of the Uticast. I am your host and producer, Sam Famolaro, joined, as always, by Heather Wazowski, Kevin Sullivan. Hello, everyone. It's nice to have you all here. Yes, hello. Yes, hi. Hey, yeah. Uh, so, so many things to start off and talk about. But, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. Uh, okay. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day a couple days afterwards. Thank you. Uh, did you survive the heavy levels of cultural appropriation you had to sit through for the whole weekend? Um, I did. I did. You know what? It was a little bit cold this weekend, so I feel like the revelry was at a baseline for a lot of people. Yeah. Didn't see as much as usual, but it was always fun. I love going to the parade. I've been going since I was a little kid. I always enjoy it. I always have a good time. And people try to like get snide about it and snarky, but I enjoyed myself. Oh, sure, sure. I, I just mean that I was thinking about this afterwards. Yeah, I hear you. I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, no, just what you meant. <laughs> I mean, I see... I don't go out on St. Joseph's Day and see a lot of dudes dressed I, that's up... That's because you're bitter that St. Joseph's Day will never be what St. Patrick's Day is. No matter how I'm hard. just saying, if I were Irish and I saw some drunk idiot on the street dressed like a leprechaun wearing a kilt, I'd be a little bit annoyed, right? Like, wouldn't you? I'd be like, okay, all right, you're not. You're not I don't know. It, it would annoy me if I were Irish. That's all I'm saying. A little bit of a point. There. I see. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> see. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any. You didn't see any leprechauns. Leprechauns in kilts. I'm just. Oh, throwing, I didn't see them. I'm just throwing it out there. Out there. Uh, I don't know. Did you go what, to the what you want? You mad? We we I'm went, not mad. We went up north. Um, they have like St. Patrick's of Old Forge and things like. That. Is it like? Did you guys climb up? Like, no, anything, we or? went like <laughs> we went skiing and stuff. But they had like a St. Patrick's Day at the Macaulay Mountain. Mm, so, very nice. Yeah, I think fun. next year for the parade, I want to be one of the people that calls it on TV. Ooh. That seems because after watching it the next day on TV, I seem seems like you could have a lot of fun with doing that. Yes. You yes. both should do it. I think it'd be great. It I don't think they'd fun. want us to. They would. 
Dude, not appreciate. That's what we should do next year. Is we should go live stream the parade from across the street stream. from them. That's a oh. great idea. That's, That's a great. I'm gonna call idea, Justin please. after this. <laughs> Write that down Justin. right now. Maybe we'll just. I think, I think we should live stream the parade. Highlight you know it. Highlight it. Get your <laughs> highlighter. I got my highlighter out. Here it is. I'd still yeah. like to know where all this highlighter money's coming from. I know. I bought this I highlighter. Have this no is... money. You have an awful lot of highlighters. <laughs> <laughs> I spend all my money on highlighters. This is all my money. He's a highlighter collector. <laughs> Kevin, so Heather was all uh, gods and god at me when she texted me today. Gods and god is something my dad made up for when all up in, in a bother. All up in arms. Yeah, she was all upset today. Overcome with emotion. Yeah, she was upset because someone did someone refer to you as this thing that you were no, all upset about? It was on, it was just on the news. One, it was just happened to be random. What was it? Um. Well, she's okay. So I'll, I'll share with you the message. She sends me a message without any precursor that just says, Xenial, why? This can't be going around again. I'm old. <laughs> and I didn't know what a Xenial was. Do you know what a Xenial, a Xenial is? I can tell what they're going to try to say it is, but I don't <laughs> think it's a thing. Well, I had to look it up because I didn't know. Uh, this apparently is a term that refers to anyone born between 1977 and 1985. Okay, look. I know we all want to feel like included in some sort of like special little. False. <laughs> False. I'd like to be included in less. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So this is apparently what they refer to as a micro generation. Heather, you're not a Gen Xer. You're not a millennial. You're in between. Um, again, a lot of the stuff they're talking about in this article that I looked up, it's, it's like I don't fall in this age range. But it doesn't make it, okay. I'm gonna give you one quote. Here we go. Like the Gen Xers. As children, we played outside, uh, so did I, uh, <laughs> engaged in games we made up ourselves. I, I'm 32, I still do that all the time. <laughs> like, that's regular. A long time before the advent of gaming consoles. Wrong! That's false. Just straight false and wrong. We made macrame bracelets for our friends and wrote each other postcards. I don't know much about macrame. That doesn't seem like a thing that people did past the 70s in general, but um, I don't know. I feel like we could probably go for less... Less of these? Yeah, I don't and know. that name is okay. horrible. Exennials? Well, oh, they do. They make they this keep stuff coming up, up with stuff. They, they make like, this. Well, we just like 1981 was just the year of blah blah blah. Because they make stuff up to get like the people up in arms about it. I mean, look at this. They published a dumb article, and now you've got the hottest podcast on Stitcher <laughs> talking about your article, driving clicks to your website. This is all part of their strategy. Follow us this on. Isn't a thing. <laughs> Follow us on Stitcher, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, menu2get.com. Uh, yeah, what's weird about this to me, at least, is. These people who are writing the article, Marlene Stolen and Gisela Wolf, uh, they're calling themselves Xenials, which I'm assuming is how this mm -hmm. is pronounced. But they work for Business Insider, which doesn't necessarily strike me. Which tells you everything you gotta know. <laughs> it tells me everything I need to know. Just stop coming up with names. Yeah, so, so, so I'm glad you had a little angst in me today because of that. I'll send you random messages. You also told me that one of the Sex in the City women is running for the governor of New York. Is that true? Yes, Cynthia Nixon. Yes. It's not Kim Cattrall no, or she, SJP. She put it in, the she made it affirmative today. She's like the least popular one, isn't she? Yeah. She also seemed to be the most serious and business-minded. Do you think she's got a chance? No. One woman says, I'd vote for her. She rides the subway every day. I'm Soon like, I, okay. <laughs> I get it. I understand that, like... <laughs> Cuomo is like low key a bit of like a cartoon troll in a lot of ways. Yes, <laughs> and so I can I can understand the need to to want to elect a better governor, but I don't know if you know the Sex and the City lady is the choice. No, or maybe somebody with like some public office experience, no. somebody who's who's cut their teeth, maybe done some things. Maybe. You never know though. She was great in that one arc where she uh, tried to have a kid, but then didn't want to have a husband. 
so she had a kid without the husband. I feel like you might be on your own here. I don't know. I don't know if that was an arc. I just made up something and assumed it was part of the show. I've never seen an episode of Sex in the City. I don't think that's accurate. I've never seen. Didn't you episode. used to have to watch Sex in the City? I, no, 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 no. I, used I feel to like have you to, had an early girlfriend who made, made you watch that. I used to have. Hang on, hang on. I had a. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I had an, to say. I'm telling my story. I had an early girlfriend who made me watch One Tree Hill. That's very different oh. than Sex in the City. I thought she also had you on Sex in the City. Did I was never not? on Sex. Uh, no, somebody uh, was. One of our one of our friends back in the day was. No. One Tree Hill. I got I got pulled into because I was dating a girl who was into it. You know that one? Yeah, I never watched it, but it was actually okay. It's not. Great. No. Probably doesn't hold up. I didn't hate it then. I'll we'll save that for a podcast segment. Yeah. Sam's five favorite episodes <laughs> one of One Tree Hill. <laughs> Number one, the one where Jimmy World showed up. Number two, no, one where no, Jimmy I mean, World I... showed up. All right. Um, Heather and Kevin, I forced you both to join into my March Madness pool. And I have to admit, we actually got about like 30-ish people for this pool, considering yeah. there wasn't really That's anything awesome. up for stakes. Like I signed up ma- I signed up maybe 17 minutes for like the first game tipped off. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Sam's been dropping like backwards hints trying to get me to sign up for this thing. I'm like, I better do it. And I thought it was too late, but I made it and now I'm losing. Well, funny that you say that because my mom called me at like 5 o'clock the first day of the tournament. And she was like, can I get in the tournament? I'm like... It started at noon. She's like, you're mean. I was like, I'm mean. I was like, I didn't. Damn, ma. I'm like, what did I do? It's like, nothing to do with me. Uh, you're mean. Uh, I'm mean because I started the games at noon. I called the NCAA and I said, hey, enough of this. Let's go. Come on. Speed it up, guys. Um, so uh, at the moment, I'm just going to throw this out there. I am in the lead. Your boy Famo in the lead. It sounds to me like the fix is in. It here's like the problem. Some sort of rigged system. Well, here's the problem, right? So Heather signed up and did... You did a bracket, yep. but you only filled out half of it and didn't actually join No, the group. I thought I did, and I didn't know what was going on, so I was so excited today. I thought I was going to get here, and you were going to tell me, hey, you're, like, number five. So you published half of a finished bracket into um, the void. Into the void, yeah. By myself. Who did, you win? Who did you pick to win? I'm curious. Uh, I, I know I picked Villanova and somebody else. I don't remember. <laughs> well, so you have, even with what you have, you picked, you have 22 points is what yep. you have, according yep. to your thing. Which puts you not in last place, mind you. Oh, okay. My Aunt Dolores, who filled out half <laughs> the... Tra- <laughs> no, this is true. She filled out half of it and forgot to press save, so she only... Her bracket's done. Uh, GFOP Melfire is apparently doing worse than you. Okay. And this week's guest of the podcast, uh, Rusty Green. Uh, Rusty Green, uh, gentleman Derek Cross, but I have his title. I wrote it down and I forgot to put it in front of me. It's a long title. Strategic Innovations Manager. Okay. Derek Crossman, he has 22 points as well, so you're tied with him. Great. Uh, and Kevin... Although you are not in the lead, no, you still have because of the teams you picked, you still have an outside chance of winning the whole thing. Wow. Which really is just the way I like it. But I got to tell you, after my team's performances yesterday, I don't feel confident. The only two or three teams that I know, and so I picked them because I know them, uh, all lost. Yeah, well, Syracuse a, lot of, a lot of one seeds getting beat. Yeah, yes. it, improbably because I have Syracuse going late just because I wanted them to beat Duke in like whatever round. Yes, because Duke is just the worst. Yes, terrible. And a lot of people in you my life... Duke? I've heard of them. It's, ter- it's terrible. It's awful. It really is. A lot of people in my life love Syracuse, and so they do well. A lot of people I know are happy, and I like when people I know are happy, yeah. so... Can I tell you a funny story about the Syracuse thing, and it makes me weird every time I get excited for watching Syracuse play? I have a Syracuse tattoo. Do you? What? Where? <laughs> yeah, I have a Syracuse Wait, Orangeman tattoo. It's the first I'm hearing of this. You probably you knew this, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But Heather might not. No, I, I just forget because, like, people see it sometimes, and they're like, oh, did you go to Syracuse? Are you like a... And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I just really like... I don't, I don't feel bad. It's like a third date tattoo. 
It's probably okay. So people, it's right on his arm. People, yeah, it's right on my arm. That's third date, yeah. Uh, I like how quickly she bought in, though. She's like, "Oh wow!" Like she looked at you. She's like, "This seems like the type of guy that might have an intimate Syracuse date." <laughs> you never know. A very intimate I gentleman. Be shy. Uh, yeah, it's weird though because like people always tell you when you're young and get tattoos, like you're gonna regret getting that tattoo. I don't regret any of the tattoos that I have. The Orangeman tattoo is probably the most suspect of all my tattoos when I come down to it. It's the one that I'm like, mm, I gave this one the least amount of thought, I probably. Like I would regress <laughs> and have like, something like that. I don't know. I feel like yours are all like upper arms and stuff, though, so they're coverable. I feel like the only time regrets come into play is when it's like, uh, you see these people, especially young kids now, getting tattoos on the neck and the face. The yeah. neck tattoo. That's a strong... They're, even more of them are doing... They're doing face tattoos face now. Tattoos. Like, I've seen like face tattoos around the eyes and are stuff. They, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I think that people forget that you can't just get it taken off. Yeah, it's not that <laughs> Right, like, it's very painful. They need lasers. People forget <laughs> that you're not going to be, like, 19 and angsty yeah, forever. And, like, and I get it, because, like, that's a hard thing to keep in sight when you're 19 and angsty, but just maybe <laughs> not face tats. Even quotes people get put on. And I, there was quotes I liked when I was 19, but I would never like now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I go back to... Not that same person anymore. <laughs> I go back to the first tattoo I wanted to get was the Sublime logo, like oh. from the band Sublime. Like I definitely regret that, like in hindsight, right? If I had gotten it, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a pretty. Pop. Oh, I bet a lot of people. A lot did. of people have that one. Uh, I'm glad I don't. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. So we'll move on from that. March Madness. We'll get the results in next week. Who won? Who won? We'll probably know who won by the end of next week. Oh, salute. Uh, so. Uh, I have some things I wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, and they are somewhat politics-based, but I don't want to spend a whole section on politics. So I'm just going to call this section Trump World, and I'm going to speed right through some of the things, if you guys have any stuff. Remember we talked about Donald Trump having that uh, video game summit a few weeks ago, and we talked about it? I think he's taking it way too seriously. (laughs) He's very, very serious about creating a Space Force. I know we haven't really had a chance to discuss (laughs) Space Force. What are your thoughts on Space Force, guys? you think this is real? As, as as real and not real of, as anything else that goes on. Can I tell you something? I kind of... Okay, this is going to sound terrible. And You're in on Space Force, aren't you? I'm not in on Space he's Force. Really no, 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 I'm not in but on Space Force. he's not Force. not in on yeah, Space so, Force. Yeah, so yeah, you did Like, okay, in the future, if... I'm a, I like the idea of us as a planet moving into the future, right? And in the future, we will certainly yes, need... Yes, I also like... Yeah. The, I also like the idea of us hopefully moving into the hopefully future. Hopefully moving into the future. But, like, in, you know, in, the, in the Star Wars future, when we're all, like, flying around on planets and stuff, we're gonna need some sort of space police, right? Obviously some sort of space force. Yeah. I don't think we're there yet. No, we're not I close. think he's jumped the gun by like a uh, thousand years. <laughs> but hey, uh, you know, we're baby steps. I, I think this isn't, this isn't somehow the worst idea he's had this week. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, well, not only a because there've been idea. so many worse. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something we need to. Really if it keeps right him now. distracted, so he's not out here like doing other crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, space force life. Just give him a shovel and a wall, and let him build his own wall and be happy. I mean, there's five pages here on no. Andrew McCabe getting no. fired, and we're not no. going to dig into them. No. We are not. Uh, but is this? Uh, and I, I've been reading a lot about the McCabe firing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, my concern about it is this. I hear all these stories about Donald Trump and like all this terrible stuff and all these things is corruption and Russia investigation. Should I care about this? Is this hard? It's hard to tell what matters anymore when I read something about like this kind of thing, right? He's fired somebody or there's a. I mean, quite a bit. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I forgot I was just going to uh, say. Oh, you know. My brain just went. 
All, like, all I was going to say is, yes, all of it matters. Um, but the the goal is to delude you with so much that you just become apathetic. Yeah, it's really important. Um, and it's a big deal. And it's going to continue to spin and be really... It's crazy for somebody to go out there and say that they're, they're innocent, they're not guilty, they didn't do anything. And literally everything that they do is exactly what the guilty person would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were guilty, how would you act any differently in the way you're acting? So, yeah, it's crazy. They, they fired the man, like, two days before his pension, pension was going to yeah. kick in. Yeah. And these guys aren't senators who get, like, lobbyist kickbacks. I mean, these guys work for the FBI. Like, they need that, that $60,000 a year that you would give them the pension. Like, mm. you plan on that for your whole life, and you work real hard, and it's weird because the way they've politicized, like, law enforcement and things like that is just, I mean, it's it's dangerous. It's really dangerous territory to see the country head again, and this is some wild stuff. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I think people, again, we get caught up wanting, like, action to happen. Like, this is a... It's scary, and it's hard to, like, feel like it matters day to day, but, like, all this stuff feels like it's adding up to something eventually. Well, the right? past, I mean, the past four to six weeks have been, like, the, the acceleration of the pace in the stories. I mean, between, mm. you know, between the president becoming unhinged after Mueller served him all those questions a couple days ago to even the stuff that came out, like, an hour, like just an hour ago, yeah. it broke. They've got the CEO of Cambridge Analytica on video, like, talking about how they bribe all these politicians with, like, Ukrainian hookers and influence <laughs> yeah, 200 elections. This crazy video, like, this stuff just keeps coming faster and faster. It definitely feels like we're approaching um, ahead of some sort. Can I tell you one of the things that's been getting on my nerves lately? I've been reading a lot about this with the Stormy Daniels stuff and all these people who are leaving the White House. Non-disclosure agreements are bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like that should be illegal. <laughs> I really do. Well, yeah, and they're sort of, I mean, for a non-disclosure for the people that have, like, worked for him, you can't really do that. A lot of people, a lot of lawyers are kind of coming out being like, no, nah, these aren't really, Yeah, it's not really a thing. It just seems like one of the most corrupt things that you could do. Like, I have money, so I'm going to use money to validate, not just, like, the president or whatever, right? I'm talking anyone with money. It seems like a really, just one of the worst things that's ever been created on this planet. I think- I- I just think everything that's happened is going to later in the future set a precedent more. With, like, all this bad stuff that's happening and people are doing I think it's going to change things more and people are going to enforce. I don't know if I'm making sense here. No, no, I think you're right. <laughs> like, I think that it's good that this is all happening because stuff like this has been happening for a long time, but he's so bad with everything, it's all just mm. pouring out. So I think it... You hope that it serves as somewhat of an inoculation yeah. for the country. Yeah. Mm. we got to give it, like, a small dose of the sickness yeah. to steal us against a more serious situation yep. in the future and hopefully cure some of it. Um, I don't know. Non-disclosure agreements ha- certainly have their place. Yeah. Like if you, you know, if you leave a company, if you get fired from a company, like you certainly there's levels of non-disclosure you should be expected to have to not share company secrets and you know inside information. Mm. And same thing like if you were somebody who was really famous and you had people to your house for a party or something right, like right. dating, there's certainly levels of protection you would want, you know, so that you don't get mm. like eaten alive by people digging into every little thing. But they're super easy to abuse, and I think that's what you see in some situations like this. Yeah, like, I'm going to do some really wild, terrible shit that you could probably get me in trouble for. Here's a bunch of money so you can never talk about it after you've seen it, right? right. Like, that's that strikes me as just, like, the worst kind of, like, lowbrow scumbag thing to do. Just but my, with just the Stormy Daniels thing, didn't he not sign something? And oh, well, the Stormy Daniels thing, because they're idiots. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm like, didn't he forget to sign something so she kind of just can... <laughs> uh, all right, that's all I have for Trump World. I was going to talk about Vanessa you Trump. He came out today and said that he wants to uh, start executing drug dealers. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, 
at, I've kind of been waiting for him to say something like, I feel this like that seems like more of a Sessions type thing than a Trump type oh, yeah, thing. I feel like that's a, that's just Sessions in his ear, right? Talking well, that's because he, he looks up to like uh, that, that guy from the Philippines, uh, <laughs> yeah. Rodrigo Duterte. Duterte, Durante. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and all those guys, because like, oh yeah, we don't have drug problems in our country because we, we just execute them. Same thing with the guy from Singapore. He wants to be like these dictators, so now we're going to start executing drug dealers. I uh, maybe we'll start with you know the CEOs of the big pharma company <laughs> Yo, yeah. big overprescribing pharma. opioids, Yo, and and killing people. <laughs> get them. Uh, you guys want to move out of politics? Yes, please. Uh, all right, very good. What do you guys think about H and M? Are you shopping in H and M? I used to shop there a lot because everything was so inexpensive. Well, it's kind of like their thing, right? They're just kind of having like cheap, cheap type. fashion stuff. So you look cool, but it lasts like three months and then it breaks. I feel like I've never found anything at H and M that I ever felt comfortable wearing because I don't have that kind of self confidence <laughs> in, in like my ability to look good. H and M is probably a little too euro for you. <laughs> a little bit, right? Yeah. Like it's not that I don't like the clothes; it's I don't like them on me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I would be silly anyway. H and M has been getting a lot of bad press. This year, they uh, they had that terrible uh, coolest monkey in the jungle uh, sweatshirt <laughs> thing last year, and this is actually this is uh, and I gotta say this was updated since I got the story, but I think it's an interesting talking point. So I'm gonna I'll hit you with the update in a minute. So H and M is under fire uh, earlier this week for suing a street artist over the use of his work in a campaign. Uh, the retailer included Brooklyn graffiti artist Jason Williams, also known as Revox uh, Art. In a campaign, he sent a cease and desist letter to them, and they fired back, uh, saying that graffiti does not count as artwork because it's vandalism and is therefore not protected under the Constitution. What are your thoughts about graffiti as art slash vandalism? Kevin, I know you like graffiti. You've always like sort of like kept the graffiti yes. books around. Uh, I think this is just sort of like a silly battle to fight for H and M, right? I don't think they're gonna win. No, I don't I think mean, so either. There's obviously proof that he has it on a building for crying out loud. So it's not like <laughs> on a hidden piece of paper somewhere. It's really right out there for everyone to see. So now, mind you, H and M dropped this lawsuit, right? Because I think they obviously. realized that there was no good way to come out of this. I just think it's interesting that instead of like just backing down from it, they they doubled down and tried to make it almost like a constitutional implication about like the status of graffiti. Just seems like a weird argument to make. I don't know. I mean, I thought this was an interesting story. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, they, they certainly don't have a case. That's why they dropped it. Right, you know I think, I mean? well, do you think they dropped it because they don't have a case? Because I guess there is an argument to be said that, like, if something is written on a building or just... Sure, but it's about picking your battles. Right. Like, maybe you could win to get the judgment dropped against you and sue this street artist for lawyer fees, but then what have you really won? Yeah. Right. You've won nothing. I mean, you roll out... A different T-shirt, a different design of clothing, seemingly every two months. You know what I mean. So, what's it take you to pull one T-shirt, one whatever it is, pay a little bit of money to tell them to quiet down, and then you know go back to exploiting, right? Uh, like labor workers in mm. small countries and stealing from <laughs> other people and being generally awful. Otherwise, true, <laughs> terrible company. Yeah, I mean, don't shop at H and M. Shop at any of the places. It's all it's all sweatshop clothing. Uh, sad news this week. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. Sad news this week, guys. Uh, did you ever read either either of Stephen Hawking's books? My husband has um, like all his, his books. All of them, yeah. Yeah, like two or three, whatever. Well, the two that people seem to talk about, Brief History of Time and History uh, Universe in a Nutshell, those are the ones he's most commonly associated with. Uh, he passed away earlier this week at the age of 76. Uh, Stephen Hawking suffered from uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, it's commonly referred to. Uh, he was given two years to live in 1963. That's something. That's something that people like. The story's been coming out lately, but it's pretty wild when you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. 
people sometimes get these sort of like like these death sentence uh, like you know you have cancer or you have something like this and just it must be so easy to just be like that's it like you know what do I do with myself and yet 75 years right that's that's wild uh, it was actually the other thing that was kind of crazy is it wasn't until like 1985 that he got the uh, the voice box you know what I'm talking about that synthetic voice uh, which is probably the thing that, when I was growing up, like, he was a pop culture icon, and that was the thing that was probably most associated with him, right or wrong, growing up, was that mm-hmm. sort of automated voice box. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there, and I, don't, I just want, I just like this quote a lot. This is a quote from him about uh, fatherhood, and I thought this was really nice. Uh, one, remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. Two, never give up on work. Work gives you meaning and purpose, and life is empty without it. And three, if you are lucky enough to find love, remember it is rare, and don't throw it away. Very nice. I like all three of those things from Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Very nice. Um, That's pretty much all I have for this week. We're going longer than I thought. You guys want to talk about United Airlines and how terrible they are to dogs? I don't really... I think there it is. (laughs) I think that's it right there. So I I just want to say this, though, and I know a lot of people have had this take, but I stand behind it. Like, I'm sorry, if I'm on that plane... I'm probably saying something about like putting the dog in. Yeah, I would just the, get off. Like, I feel, so what are you gonna do if they? I, I go over to rental car. You're gonna get off? Yeah, they're gonna put my dog in, in a. Oh yeah, if you're that person. Yeah. But like, also, I mean, I I totally understand that because what they did is absolutely reprehensible. But like, people can't really do that. Like, once you're on the plane, because if you if you make some noise, like saying if you were to say something, and they were like, "Sir, mind your business, settle down. We're gonna fly with this dog up here." If you went and try to remove that dog, you're probably at the very You'll least getting arrested. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll Air marshal. You know what I mean? Air. And like you would be, it would be an honorable thing to be arrested for. But like you can see where in a situation like that, everybody gets bystander effect, and everybody's yeah. like, maybe this will be okay. Maybe I won't have to stand up and take that risk because that's you know, if you yeah. get arrested and you're in some weird city somewhere in the country, not a lot of people have the money to just handle that kind of thing. And the dog thing is weird too because. I, I don't know when like dogs getting brought on airplanes was like a thing. I used to have to like put your I dog. I thought they had to go in the cargo. That's what I remember growing no, up. No, like, because like, yeah, but all these people lie to their to their <laughs> cereal box dog. shrinks. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I have an emotional support animal because I need emotional support so I can fly because I'm so scared. <laughs> and then they get like whatever dumb animal they want on the plane. Like the hamster. At least the hamster doesn't take up it. I mean, well, hamster is fine. Did you see the lady? There was a picture. Somebody had an emotional support peacock. Oh, it's yeah, a big I saw giant that. peacock yeah. with the, yeah. the longest tail you ever seen at some airport. The people are like, <laughs> Miss, no. Does anyone Absol- call the airlines before this though? Like, I have a dog and it has to be on the, the plane. The type, the type of people I feel like who <laughs> are <laughs> self-absorbed enough to need an emotional support animal on an airplane, and not the type of people who are thoughtful enough to call ahead. Can okay. I tell you that my? I'll say I have a family member. Who does that when they fly? They like call and they're like, "I have an emotional," and it's not. They just don't want to, like have the dog with them, and it's it's just having a level of like not caring, being like, "No, like I no, I need this dog." Then rent the car. Yeah, it's just people being selfish. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's people just, being trash it's bag like, selfish idiots. Yeah. Um, it's the problem. <laughs> it's me. Well, Heather, I'm glad we can talk about it. (laughs) So I have uh, one quick thing I want to talk with you guys about on the school front. Uh, From last week, there was the big national school walkout that a lot of students were participating in uh, across the country. Uh, I thought that the school that I work in and Utica School City, uh, Utica City School District in general handled everything really classy, really well. Yeah. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part, they allowed all students who felt like they wanted to be involved to be involved, and students who didn't could stay in. I had a mix in my classroom. I had some kids who wanted to go out and do the and, and do the, the presentation, some kids who didn't want to. 
Uh, I stayed back and talked to a lot of kids who didn't want to, and it was it was nice. It was a good time. Even the kids who didn't go out and and stand for the thing, they it was nice to talk about uh, why people were out there, and it gave a lot of nice platforms. So I thought I was very proud of the way that all the kids and teachers and the faculty ha- handled everything. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I think it's important that kids, and from my perspective, like I I think all the kids should have partaken. Like the kids who didn't go out, like I wasn't mad at them, and I ended up talking to them about protest, which was like you know. If you don't care about this and you don't want to go out there, that's fine, right? If you're lazy and you don't want to go out there, that's something different. But also, don't just go there because your friends are going there. Like, you should care about this. It should be important to you. You should pay attention. But, yep. um, that, yeah, I, I thought that was great. That being said, uh, I have a quick, I'm done with this guy. What do you guys know about Leslie Gibson? Mm-mm. Leslie Gibson is a representative uh, in the House District in Maine. Oh, yeah. Uh, earlier I this week. This. Yeah, he referred to uh, Emma Gonzalez, one of the uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High students, as a quote-unquote skinhead lesbian yeah. and her classmate as a bald-faced liar in tweets uh, about the uh, the shooting that happened. Uh, he, earlier this week, decided that he is going to step down and not run uh, again because he's a moron. And look, this is what you get if you are an old man politician trying to go on a young person's platform and try and get support where they crushed you to death. Like, don't go on Twitter if you're an old man. Stop coming at at teens and tweens on Twitter. Stop! You're going to get dragged every time. These kids, you know, you might think that you can play in the depths and the darkness of the internet, but these kids, they were born in it. They were forged in it. Like, these kids are ready. Just don't, like, just stop. Go away, all of you people. Yeah, no. Leslie Gibson merely adopted the internet. These kids were born into it. You cannot (laughs) handle what he's bringing. I just it's can't believe true. he said that, though. Oh. I mean, can you not? Uh, I can believe. I can. I can believe that he thought it. I would. I can I believe just, that he would say it amongst his friends and his people. But, but, it blows my mind that like it would go through his head. Like I, I should put this on Twitter. You understand? We're talking about kids, here, and it's good that you, It's good children. that he brought himself to the light and let everybody see what a scumbag he is. But, true. Like, I'm just true. I can't believe. I don't know what the thought process would be to be so arrogant to be like I'll say this and people are like I got him. Like <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Leslie Gibson. Much like the people of Maine, I'm done with this guy. Get him out of here. All right, let's get to this week's interview. Uh, you know, uh, Derek Crossman and I have crossed paths. Uh, I love, by the way, I love the name Derek Crossman. Sounds like the name of like an Indiana Jones-style adventurer, doesn't it? Derek Crossman. I don't know. I thought it sounded... I told him that. He didn't care either. Um, so, uh, anyway, Derek Crossman. Uh, uh, DM the show if you care about that. With Sam. Yeah, Anyway, Derek Crossman came in to talk to us about uh, about Rusty Green, about his time with the mayor's office, about his time with Urban Renewal, uh, about his time having to deal with us at Maiden Utica and all the stuff he's done with, and of course his bracket. His he's in our bracket. He's not doing well. He's big game. He talked a big game about it. That's all I'm saying. And <laughs> it's a real pleasure to talk to Derek. Uh, let's get to the interview. We're back to the show in just a moment. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Um, we are two days 
into the uh, the Uticast March Madness bracket tournament. It's day two of the tournament. The Marshall yeah. game is on right now. Yeah. I have to ask you, Derek Crossman, is your bracket already uh, shot? Are you done? No, not yet. <laughs> there hasn't been a big enough bust yet. I'm waiting for you know Xavier to fall off or something. I be honest with you, I don't remember who I picked in our bracket. I did about four in a matter I've of done 20, about four as well in like twenty minutes. And right all, before all, I was like. I, I looked and like every every uh, different website has their own way of, the, of doing the bracket, and they usually have some sort of yeah. like uh, feed, like where they can show you, you know, this is how well the team's done. Here's a paragraph or so, and I started reading it. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through these. I'm gonna pick pick using statistics yeah, and, yeah. and thought, and then I just go by name and favoritism. So what I should have done, and I, I argued about this last time. I was like, I'm just gonna go by the chalk next time. I'm just gonna pick all the favorites and just see. If it's just yeah. gonna be one 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 in the end. And I was like, I, I want to see how close it is to reality at the end, like how far off of it is. Mm-hmm. My next uh, science and sports-based experiment. Just a placebo, yeah, <laughs> placebo you're, bracket. You're really just trying to guess chaos. Like, who is going yeah. to just absolutely mess up first round? I do, this actually, and, and I don't love college basketball outside of Syracuse, so when I'm looking at a lot of these teams, I'm like, I don't, you don't know them. I don't know anything about no. these teams. Uh, so a lot of times I'm just picking based on, like, my gut. I'm just like, I don't like Virginia Tech. I'm going with the other guys. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. Uh, I like when people, and when I try to get people into the bracket, because I'm doing it on Twitter, right? So you get a lot of folks on Twitter and Facebook. You get a lot of people who are like, I don't know anything about the teams. I'm like, just you're, join the club. Nobody knows anything. <laughs> Pick the number that's higher. Right. The barrier, the barrier to entry is like nothing. Yeah, you know? or, yeah there's no limit. Uh, it's actually, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you in here. I know, um, Thank you. and you're looking very tan. I know you just came back from the Caribbean. <laughs> Did you come back? You were in the lower, uh, you were in the lesser Antilles? Uh, I was in the ABC Islands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so Aruba, um, oh, gosh, I already forgot. Aruba, Bonaire, and nice. Curacao. Those are the ABC Islands. They're all Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Owned. Nice. Um, but yeah, they're right off the coast of like Venezuela and South American continent. Nice. It is very nice. So I'm a little more tan than usual. <laughs> I've regained, I, I like to joke that I I'm already sort of fairly uh, fairly dark skinned in sure, general. Sure. But in the winter it really has an effect. I feel like I've I've lose color. Oh yeah. So I just sort of fade away. It's... That's what happens in this whole it's like I'm I've been inside for like two months now because it's so damn cold. I feel like I'm translucent. I could uh, I could like <laughs> I could sneak through a crowd. No one would notice me. I got I'm Italian and Middle Eastern. I should be much darker than I am right now. I feel yeah. very that's yeah. why my beard is so intense. Okay. It's all the all right. uh <laughs> <laughs> Derek Crossman, it's a pleasure to have you here. You are the strategic, uh, what's it? Strategic Initiatives Coordinator. It's a mouthful. Anyway. It's a mouthful at Rusty Green Utica. Um, although I've met you through various different things, like I feel like I see you all over the place. You're uh, quite the hot commodity here in the city. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, before I forget, you. I went through and did a lot of research to try and get some stuff ready for this interview. Okay. Uh, you have a lot of things. You have your 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 thumbnail, little hand, and everything. Uh, are you still working with ArtSpace? Before I get into that at all, you got ArtSpace. Uh, yeah, I'm still on that project team, yeah. Nice, okay. Which is tied in with Rusty Green. And you're the former administrative assistant for Urban Renewal for a long time as well. Yeah, about three and a half years. Very cool. Uh, I have a lot of questions about all these things. Uh, but first, I want to know a little bit about you, Derek. So, uh, tell us, Derek, where are you from initially? Where were you born, raised, all that kind of thing? I was born in St. Luke's Hospital. St. Luke's so Hospital, okay. Utica. Um, I was raised in Sequoia Valley. Sequoia which, Valley. if you don't know, nice. it's just a small little uh, mm-hmm. rural hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, about 100 kids in my class so is that is it just a Sequoia school district Sequoia Valley school yeah so there's about 100, 100 kids in my class probably 400 in the whole all school. I know so my parents are divorced and mm-hmm. my dad once they got divorced he 
married some other woman, and then they're divorced now, too. But <laughs> they, they got married, and he moved to Sequoia for a while. So yeah. on the weekends, like every other weekend, whatever, doing the divorce kid thing, I'd spend some time up in Sequoia. And the only thing I know as a Proctor kid who spent some time in Sequoia is that you guys have an excellent cross-country team. You guys always oh, yeah. had phenomenal cross-country teams. I'm always seeing people running through the streets. I was like, this is the first time I'd ever been like, wow, running culture up here in Sequoia. Yeah, that's the, that's the one claim to fame, running and track. Running and track, and yeah, yeah. Things I'm not good at, so... <laughs> I always liked it up there, although growing up in South Utica, I felt like it was very, um, I didn't like how far away all the houses were from each other, from where, like, my yeah. dad. Yeah, if, I, I've never been a great, like, rural guy. I'm more, I guess I've always been, like, a city, city person at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it was weird. It was weird. Um, I was, like, the 1% sure. eth- ethnic there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally filled that whole 1% myself. I love it. Um. It was it was it was a nice school. It was a yeah. nice community. I mean, I had a lot of good friends there, but yeah, it's not for me in general. What's your family so, like? Like kids, sisters, brothers? No kids. Uh, I got one full brother, one half brother, one half two half sisters. Are they all still around the area? Or? Um, my brother is. My brother works uh, at St. E's um, School of Nursing, and he also teaches down at the Rome MVCC. Oh, nice. Okay. Hey, I've been to that campus. It's no, all right over there. My mom's still sitting in the heart of Sequoia. <laughs> right on the corner of Pinnacle and Oneida. Hi, Mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sequoia, so you're up there. You're doing the high school thing there. Uh, what was your life like at high school? You were athlete, jock, no, prep guy? Absolutely no, absolutely not. I, I uh, sang a lot. Really? Yeah. Really? Like musical theater type thing? I did a lot. Uh, of choir, mental ensemble, and then I did uh, drama club the last two years. Nice. I looked. I always, uh, I remember doing drama club at Proctor, and... A lot of my friends at the time, I was like playing lacrosse and doing stuff like that, and I'm like, what's up with what's up with the drama club, man? Like there was they were not into it. I loved it. I always thought it was like a really interesting. Oh, Charles the the Uta cat is in the studio. Oh, hey, buddy. Uh, I always thought it was like a really interesting uh, group of individuals to hang out. Really cool folks. I really loved like a lot of the friendships I made doing drama club and like music yeah. type stuff. And I feel like that's sort of. I work in schools now. I don't think kids are as into it now as they were. Like that's a shame. I mean, I, I, I blame the internet for everything. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so did you continue doing that when you went to Ithaca, or did you sort of phase I, off on? I it a thought bit? I, I thought I would, but Ithaca is very serious. Uh, so I, I when when I went and I looked at, it, I was like, nope, nope, this is too big. This is uh, it's, they're too serious about this. I like I like just having fun. You know, right. I, I was doing it with my best friends too. So like like you said, it was like a very tight knit group of friends. Yeah. We were all just having fun and enjoying ourselves. There was always something weird about drama club like that too, where I had a lot of friends who were there, but people who do drama club, there's a certain type of person who's very yeah. serious about it, yeah. and it, and they get offended if you don't take it quite as seriously as they do, right? Because I knew I wasn't going to be like an actor of any merit, right? I'm gonna take the cat out of the studio. Charles got here. <laughs> um, I knew I wasn't ever going to be, like, a real actor of any sort, but... Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, once I started meeting people who were taking it really seriously, it was very much like, I was like, okay, I see what I'd have to do. That was, <laughs> that was basically the Ithaca culture, so... But at Ithaca, you're doing, uh, I think I got this correct when I was doing my research, you're doing uh, integrated marketing, communications, and political science. Yep. What were your, uh, what was your experience like at Ithaca? Um, it was, it was really good. Uh... I, st- I started off not being as serious about school. I kind of ended up not being as serious. Like, yeah. Yeah, I started there. I was like, oh, all right, finally away. We, we, it was me and two best friends from uh, from high school. So that's not a good start. I mean, you're going there with people you already, already know. Support system, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, we're all, we're all just looking to, like, have fun. So we had uh, – that year they'd accepted way too many students. They had to build, like, mm-hmm. some, some last-minute uh, kind of terrace shacks. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they th- – Stuffed me and my two friends into an extended occupancy triple, which was supposed to be a double, 
And uh, it, it was just, we were just looking to have fun and just, I, I did actually um, join the ICTV, which mm. is their, you know, their te- television oh, nice. thing. I originally wanted to do radio, but radio again ran into that seriousness bit. Yeah. Like, oh, me and my brother, me and my uh, buddy want to do it. No, no, we don't do that. We just do like one person. As I sit here producing an internet podcast, I'm going to tell you, you probably made a good call not doing the radio <laughs> thing. I feel like I thought about that for a period of time, too. I feel like, for me, it was always just sort of like, I liked the romantic ideal of a lot of jobs. Like that. I, mm-hmm. I like the romantic idea of being like the voice on the radio or yeah. the person on the TV who like gives you your news. But I want to do sports. That's, that's just what I want to do. I, I wanted to do sports center when I was a kid. That mm-hmm. was like my big, like I was like, I want to call Yankee games or I want to be a sports center anchor. And now I feel like both those jobs would be really stressful, <laughs> really frustrating. <laughs> the Yankee one is crazy to me because I, I love the Yankees growing up. It was the only thing I cared. I still like love baseball and I love the Yankees, but not the way I did when I was a kid. It was very pure back then. Mm-hmm. I just think about it now, like if you're working for like a baseball team, let's say you work for like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, right? Yeah. You stink. You gotta go on 162 games on the road and call like 85 losses for this team. Another strikeout for Evan Longoria. I'm just gonna put more whiskey in my coffee cup, folks. Here's a commercial from AutoZone. AutoZone, yeah. Uh, so let me get back to the thing. I'm getting off track here. Integrated marketing, communications, yeah. political science. What did you have in mind for like what you wanted to do at that point in time? At that point in time, I wanted to start my own political party. Really? Because the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a very liberal school, so at that <laughs> sure. point, no one was no one was cutting the mustard. Like Democrats were just. It was even it was Obama time, but yeah, yeah. Even he wasn't doing good enough. He let me down in so mm. many ways. Mm. Interesting. Know? I feel like I look. I feel like I look at the Obama presidency because I, I voted for him twice, and my sister lived in Chicago for many years. So she when when he came up for the first election, she was in my ear like, "Yo, this is the guy. He's like, I'm out in Chicago. We love him, right?" Mm-hmm. So I was very on board, and I and when I look back, and I'm a history major. Like I, I'm going to have to teach kids about like Presidents Obama and Trump in the future, and I'm very curious <laughs> at the way that the history books is going to present this future for us, and how teachers like myself are going to have to like consolidate our personal feelings with how we should have to teach this to people. It's going to be a very interesting time. Um, no, that's interesting, though, because when I first met you, actually, the first time we ever really met, I walked into the mayor's office. When, I think you were interning work. I don't know what your position necessarily was when I met you. When there. you came to interview him? When I came to interview the mayor, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sort of filling in as, like, the media relations guy then. But, yeah, I, worked, yeah, yeah. I was with Urban Renewal at that point. Because my thought was, when I was reading this, like, so you had some interest in a sort of a political-type career, though, initially, when you were... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was... So, yeah, I wanted to be a politician. I wanted to either run for office. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had, you know, in my <clears throat> early, uh, late high school years, I saw Mad Men. And I was like, I got to I gotta get into marketing. Marketing. I got to get into <laughs> advertising. It looks so cool. <laughs> this is great. Um, so I did, yeah, I did both. And I thought, well, I could, I could run campaigns. I think at the end, when I was graduating... I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can run campaigns. Maybe not be the guy in front, because I don't really want to deal with the yeah, media. Of, yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the public eye. Like, have be. You know, I think even like I bring a lot of local politicians in here to come talk, and yeah. I think even that when you live in a town that's this small, like everything you say becomes so scrutinized. It becomes a thing. You, it's hard to stay a human and not have these like representations spit on you from one side or the other. It's tough. Yeah, and it's got to. You got to be a certain kind of person, I think, to. To be willing to take that in, right? This this city is particularly interesting because it is so small. That it is very small. If you're going to be in a part of the political class, everyone's going to know you. Yeah, for um, sure. So you, and it's hard not to pigeonhole yourself into just being against somebody, especially if they don't yeah. agree with you on every topic. Like, you might have a disagreement over one large issue, and then you end up 
Well, now you're not going to talk to him about anything, and it just kind of breaks down the social fabric there. Well, I don't like to spend too much time talking about it because we talk about it all the time, but it yeah. does feel like the era of um, the era of discourse has taken a big hit. Like it's hard, it's hard to have a conversation or a disagreement with somebody and still not let that affect your overall view. I used to be able to disagree with people, right? It used mm-hmm. to be a thing that would happen. Um, I, and I feel like that just doesn't exist anymore, and that's one of the reasons that politics has sort of suffered in the last few years. Not even just from a well, one of a yeah. plethora of reasons yeah. why it suffered. Uh, so let me ask you one thing before I move on from the mayor's office. Was there anything you feel like, what was the one like, thing you learned from the mayor's office uh, that you feel like you took with you when you left? Is there any sort of like business stuff or any sort of like how to deal with people, marketing things you feel like you learned from them? Um, God, I don't know. There's a, there's a ton of stuff that, I don't know. Mm. It's tough. I know. It's going to put you on the spot. Um, I'd say the, the thing, especially from the mayor, uh, is his ability just to just to meet with everybody. I mean, and just to listen to everybody, hear him out. Whether he is enthusiastic about an idea, or he's never heard of it, or um, you know, he's not completely sold. He'll at least listen, and he'll yeah. he'll take everything into consideration and give you a fair shot, which is I think pretty good and something that everyone does. They usually either have their own idea in mind, and that's the only thing they listen to. Mm. Uh, whereas he kind of listens to everybody. Excuse me one second. There is an interloper at my front door of the studio, <laughs> and I'm going to close the door on him. Bear with me just one second. Derek, I'm very sorry about that. It was certified mail I had to sign That's for. That's the worst. Sorry. <laughs> the guy's staring at me at because I leave the door open. He's looking at me through the window. I'm like, oh, this guy probably wants something. Everybody wants something from me these days. I don't know. Well, let's move on from the mayor's office, and let's talk. How did you transition into Rusty Green? Or were you doing Rusty Green at the time then, too? Um, I was helping out on some projects. Uh, I think I'd gotten into the art space a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had helped on the committee. Um, I helped with Levitt Amp, oh, uh, which nice. is another Rest of Green initiative. Uh, Restaurant Week, mm-hmm. I helped with that. So they gotten to know me that way, mm-hmm. and they had reached out to me uh, a little bit before the Levitt Amp concert series last year and, sure. see, and asked if I was interested because uh, they were going to have Caroline move on to the Community Foundation, so yes. they needed... Some more people. And I said I was interested, and so that's how it kind of transitioned that way. What are your thoughts about the Levitt series so far? I feel like we had two years in a row now, I feel like we've gotten it. Two years, and yeah. it's going for a third yeah. this year. So. Do you feel it's been a success? You feel I like do. they keep coming back over and over again. They obviously enjoy they must, with yeah, us. Yeah. They must like the, the community, but yeah. I think it's it's been good in the fact that it's activated that park. Sure. Which, honestly, I've driven past a, a bunch of times. I don't really, I didn't know it existed and. It could it's be one a, of the more interesting parts in the yeah, city. Like, I forget. it really does work as a functional space. Yes. you can use it. Yes, it does. So hmm. it's it's kind of it's kind of neat hmm. to see that. Rusty Green is an interesting concept to me. I spent some time looking up the research today. Uh, it's one of those names, and working for Made in Utica and doing enough stuff in the city, mm-hmm. it's a name that sort of pops up uh, over and over again when I see things. Uh, Rusty Green sort of came up in 2010. I want to say was yep. the starting time. Uh, what's sort of the the elevator pitch for Rusty Green? If you were in a thing with something, what would you say like the sort of overarching like point of the company of the program is? Um, I'd say it was a uh, program developed by a Cornell professor to help mm. uh, revitalize Rust Belt cities, yeah. uh, help them to make their economies and their communities more uh, sustainable, mm. uh, and, and develop stronger community partnerships. Yeah, well, that, and that's it's tough too because. With stuff like this, and I always have this problem with you to get, they probably, you guys probably touch on so many different aspects of different things, it's hard to put it all into, like, one particular, like, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that was what I noticed as I'm reading through all the things, and I'm like, wow, all the stuff you guys touch into, 
Uh, how did you initially... So what's like the day-to-day for you as the strategic uh, <laughs> innovations coordinator? Um, day-to-day, is, it's kind of keeping a handle on all the uh, open projects right now. Mm-hmm. Um, being kind of an organizer uh, for that. Um, I do work specifically on a uh, zombie property initiative. Oh, interesting. The okay. city uh, acquired through LISC, which is a, a non-profit agency of the state. For, for our to. listeners who are not super aware of the zombie properties concept, can you describe a little bit what that means? Yeah, so um, a zombie property is basically a privately owned home that the owners fall behind on their mortgage payments, mm-hmm. so the bank goes and forecloses on them. Um, and usually the property owner doesn't know they can stay in there for a little bit. They right. have some time before yeah. the bank will foreclose on them. Uh, so they end up leaving the property. Uh, the property could be in disrepair or have other things that are making it particularly valuable to the bank so the bank won't finish the foreclosure process. So it'll sort of sit in limbo, sure. being bank-owned with no owner inside mm. of it, uh, and it just you know continues to deteriorate. So that's basically a zombie property. And what's the hope to like pass those off onto somebody who will use them or, or make them functional? The hope is a, is a bit of trying to... The state's created avenues for banks to expedite the foreclosure process. Mm-hmm. It's also given some avenues for municipalities to sort of strong-arm banks. So right. uh, it, it's a part of the law. There is a $500 fine per, per uh, citation. Sure. Uh, per day, yeah, which yeah. can be pretty hefty. Oh, yeah. Um, it's also supposed to hopefully open up communication channels between municipalities and these larger banks like Bank of America and Wells Fargo mm-hmm. that own most of these properties yeah. uh, to try and create a relationship that's beneficial. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm very curious. I know that for – I won't get into the details of it, but I know my uh, my maiden Utica pal, Justin Parkinson, has been hassling you about properties that he's interested in. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I won't – I'll leave that there. Uh, is <laughs> Have you noticed sort of with all this fervor around like the potential of the downtown hospital and like urban renewal and the downtown development, have you sort of noticed an increase for interest in some of these locations over the last few years? Yeah, I'd say I'd say so from urban renewal aspect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the city, unfortunately, has limited land and property, but I'd say there's definitely been a, a peak. You'd see a lot of local developers, especially that would have, have come into City Hall looking to either expand or um, just put more money into the city or uh, open up different types of projects. I'd say that's a definite big thing. And then you even get regional companies that usually it's, it's the mayor who's just somehow gotten somebody on the line and he's like, he's pushing like... <laughs> he's a good talker. Yeah. He's like, you, you got you to gotta come in here. I always think about this. Ed. My favorite part of that whole interview when we came in was that was one of the earlier interviews we ever did in the show. It was very early on. We're at like episode 140. Three, I want to say. Yeah. And I think it was like 18. <laughs> we came in to talk to him. But um, I w- that was in the era when I wasn't going super long form. And I wish I had because I the most fun I had talking to the mayor was arguing about whether Steely Dan is better than Led Zeppelin. And he was telling me I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that on tape. That was my favorite. That's great. Um, so let me ask you, what's, uh, what's the biggest thing on your mind today for Rusty Green? Like, what's the forefront of your mind for going forward this, this, upcoming, this upcoming year? forefront um well we've done a lot of talking recently mm. very recently just about public art which ties into justin's uh idea yeah his idea. um <laughs> uh and just art in general live workspace because mm. of art space i mean it, it's really and because I'm, I'm doing a lot of research for um utica's rezoning they're going through a, yeah. an update of their zoning code um just, I think, a focus on the arts in general for Utica, whether it's making the development of live workspace easier uh, for any developer that's willing to undertake that or 
having a percent for art yeah. incorporated into construction fees mm. or something that brings public art. Because, I mean, you have a community of... There's a lot of artists. We've oh, yeah. seen it. We went through... Um, or Michelle Truitt executed a, a NISCA grant that we oh, yeah. had acquired. Yeah. GFOP she, Michelle Truitt, she's great. Yeah, she? yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's great, yeah. um, and you just, there's so many artists out there. I mean, she got 70 different artists just to put just to do the banners down Genesee Street. Mm. Uh, you have a huge um, refugee and immigrant uh, uh, population that all mm. sort of express themselves through art and culture. So I think a focus on that is huge for Utica moving forward. Yeah, and I think that's sort of important to Utica's whole ecosystem is this sort of complex uh, intermeshing of different like cultures and people and people doing interesting things and people living their lives and working and being in this. It's a, it's a perfect size community. I love the size of this town. I always say it, I say it so many times. It's just big enough where there's lots of lots of people who are doing good things and trying to uh, build the community. And it's just small enough where you can just reach out to these people and be happy to talk to them because they're not mm-hmm. too big where they're far away from you. Everyone's very close, and you can sort of feel that palpable energy when good things are happening, at least in my opinion. A uh, couple of things I want to talk to you about before we uh, get to the lightning round. Okay. Um, I happen to do my research as a journalist, of course, professional <laughs> journalist. Um, <laughs> I, I, I need to heighten the privacy settings on my Facebook. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I have to give you some credit. Uh, I saw an excellent... Halloween costume you had. Were you an American gladiator? Yeah. Heck yeah, it was. That was awesome. Pretty good. I love that. <laughs> Ameri- okay, so I get on a bad uh, habit sometimes of going on YouTube and watching episodes of old, like, American Gladiators and, like, Iron Chef and all these weird old shows from back in the day. I loved old American Gladiators. That was great. Them. They were they were roided out of their minds. Oh, my God. Shoot, yes. Shooting giant Nerf bullets at people. They <laughs> the didn't assault. care. That's cool. I want that in real life. Like, I want to be able to do that somewhere. Oh, man. Great costume idea. Thank Have you. Have you already thought of your Halloween costume issue? Oh, every year, I you know, my, me and my girlfriend, we do this together, so it's important that we can find something that we can both do. Mm. And we... Every year I say, all right, like August rolls around, like we got to think now. Yeah. These, these get really involved. We think we're going to do something simple, and then it ends up getting really involved. So last year we worked and we we, uh, we were Bob Ross and a happy tree. That's amazing. Which, I love Bob Ross, by the way. Which was too. great. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea this year. It's got to be something good. I usually like going back to like pop culture of the, the yeah, yeah. early 90s. And it's, gotta, it's a think. fine line with that, though, because like I always, like the pop culture stuff that I like is not always. Like, I, I, last year I was like, I'm going to be the guy from Twin Peaks. And they're like, no one's going to know what you are. No one's going to get that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, yeah. It has to be recognizable. Yeah. And every year I say you need to be the Macho Man. And then I realize there's no affordable way to really make a Macho Man costume. You need, like, streamers and bedazzlers. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I can just do the voice. That's about it. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. I um, As we were walking down with our costumes and our, our uh, big, like, Q-tip baton things, yeah. <laughs> we were going to... Um, the the stife because they have their costume contest. Oh yes, yeah. and back then they were paying cold hard cash. Hard cash. So I was looking forward to it, and, and um, I see I see Big Papa's in the in the window, and me and my girlfriend are walking past, and he he spots us in the corner of his eye. Turns around, he's like, "You, yes." <laughs> I was like, "We're in. We won. This is it." Before it even happened, uh, it was a great great choice. So I'm looking forward to seeing Thank what you come for this year. Uh, I also was scrolling through, and I happened to notice a photo of you. And a guy I know named Chris Lawrence. Is this a buddy of yours, some sort of thing? Uh, he's, he's an associate. He's kind of a drifter. You know. <laughs> I have a well. The reason I bring it up is I, I have an embarrassing story. I have to. I have to tell it to you. So Chris Lawrence. Did you end I, up sleeping on your couch? No, this, is, this goes way before <laughs> that. I feel bad. I, to this day, and I, I've never probably told him to his face because I see him all the time, but I probably should. When we were in elementary school, 
him and I were in a singing and dancing troupe together called the Melatones and the Tonettes. We were the Melatones, the men's version of that. And he was a grade younger than me. Okay. And we definitely bullied him. Right? <laughs> and I, I remember, like, particularly one day, we were, like, we, it sounds so terrible when I say it in this bullying culture that we live in. I'm so sorry, Chris. Me and my buddy Andrew and my buddy Chris Sperling, uh, sorry, Andrew and Chris, I'm going to throw you in, too. Uh, we tied him up in a jump rope and put him in a garbage can. Oh, wow. <laughs> it oh, was man. terrible. It was a terrible thing to do to a human being. I was like, fifth grade, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyhow, like, and I, and I appreciate him because he, he climbed out of the garbage and he comes back to, to practice, right? To, to, we're doing audio, like rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And he's late. And he gets yelled at by the teacher for being late. And then he didn't rat us out. And I was like, damn, wow. I feel sheepish. <laughs> I feel like a terrible <laughs> human being. So to this day, uh, uh, this, and you gotta say it's fifth grade, so I'm talking like 25 years ago. Chris, I'm sorry. So if you see Chris in person, oh, yeah. I'm apologize. Oh. Or give him a hard time, but either way, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, is, that, is that why I don't see you jump rope, Chris? No, he no. never. I've traumatized him. Uh, and I had three last things I wanted to mention that were on your Facebook profile. One, you said you're a home brewer. Yes. Uh, you, you like when you start doing that? Um, I'd say probably like four years ago. Three, four or, years, four, three nice. or four years. Yeah. Just some just new hobby for you? Just, did you get into it, seeing other things, or what sort of brought that up? Gosh, what was it? I? I just love drinking beer. Smart. Um, <laughs> so, and I like craft beer. I'd go to the Onion all the time. Uh, oh yeah. Try whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I thought I, I could probably do that. I could pull that off. So I asked, for, I got it for Christmas one year, and I was. You enjoy is it? Like I, have, I don't even know what the process. Like what goes into it's it. It's really simple. It's just yeah. boiling water. Just boiling water. Yeah, yeah pretty much. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then waiting there, hoping the <laughs> hoping the yeast. Like it, it, it's it's boiling water, and then making sure everything's really really clean. Mm. Okay. Uh, so just over sanitize. Huh. I guess that's been my process so far. It's worked. Uh, and last but not least, you said you were uh, on your Facebook profile, big NPR and NASA supporter. Yes. Uh, which of these two current administrations do you feel the worst for right now? They're both getting taken to the clear. Not NASA. Well, NASA. Space Force. Space Force. That's right. We were talking about that today. I'm very excited about Space Force. I'm glad you know that, yeah, too. I, I, I watch all of Seth Meyers' closer looks because they're just hysterical. <laughs> uh, Space Force makes me laugh. Um but I have to say, Derek Crossman is a very video game character name. He might be the late, the lead character in Space Force. Space Force. I Admiral Crossman. I'll join up. Why not? <laughs> Trump's Space Force. I'll be the first one. I don't want to be on his Space Force, but if you want to send me to Mars <laughs> to colonize it, I'll do that, because i got nothing holding me down here. I'd like to colonize a planet. I'm into that. Yeah, I think I think he's also, or at least the administration has uh, supported NASA and like other funding. Well, that's like legitimate funding, whereas they're trying to pull public communications funding for yeah. NPR and PBS, which I is love really NPR crappy. Too. And it's I, tough. Love, I love Terry Gross, and then I found out what she looks like, and I'm like, wow. I <laughs> like, I just, you, you, you listen to him for so long. Like, I listened to Diane Reeves before she she oh, yeah. uh, stopped and went her own separate programming yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. I you know, like, this is the Diane Reeves show. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, she's going she's gonna to die on, on I hate it. <laughs> that's what she, she loves her job. She loves it. That's what I'm gonna do. Dedicated forever. I the only time that ever happened to me when I was doing this podcast was early on in the show. I was working at Taylor and the Cook, and I was waiting tables there. Yeah, because Tim is a friend of mine. Okay, and I was waiting on some couple on this young couple on the porch, and I read them their specials, and one of them looks at me and goes, "Are you the guy in that podcast?" And I go, "Wow, I don't." really put any pictures up of me on the podcast, so I'm creeped out that you know my voice, but also flattered. It's very, yeah. it's very sweet. Um, but that was the only, I think that's the only sign I, I didn't I mean, like it. Been, what is that? What is that? It's not, 
not recognized. It's got to be a certain type of vocally recognized. Okay, I so vocally well, recognize you. The the biggest thing I've noticed, and this is common with people who do podcasts, because most people who do podcasts like me are like neurotic and they feel like they have to just babble on about their lives all the time, constantly. Mm-hmm. That's how the show started. <laughs> um, so what's funny is I'll say some stuff to like Kevin or to the interview guests or to Heather when we're on the show. It's moderately personal, right? And I don't really give it much thought because you're talking into the microphone, you're talking with your friends. Mm-hmm. And then you see some person in public... And they're like, hey, it's crazy about that movie you saw. What would you think of that movie? I'm like, how do you know that? I'm like, because they listen to the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's my fault. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm angry. And then like, oh, no, I can't do this to myself. Uh, Derek, are you ready before we go to do the lightning round question? Yes, yeah, let's do it. Before we do that, uh, where can people reach out to you on social media? You got social media, Rusty Green, for yourself personally, anything? Um, yeah, it's Derek uh, underscore Crossman on Twitter. Mm. It's uh, always available. And it's rustygreen.com or is it rustygreen? I have to look Rustygreen doesn't actually have an official site. We are going through a whole process. Mm. Yeah. Well, like rebuilding. Right. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, all right. It's time for the lightning round questions. These are the same five to seven questions we ask, as we ask everybody who's been on the show for as long as I can remember. Uh, Derek Crossman, uh, what is the. Derek Crossman, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Um, just a little bit of cream. A little bit of cream. Yeah. Uh, we've had sure. a lot of folks who just take it black now, and I'm always curious if like they always took it black or if they had to work their way Specific to it. Specifically, it has to be non-dairy because I'm lactose intolerant. Really? So, yeah. That's a shame. No cheese, huh? Oh, I eat it. I just I supplement <laughs> with, you know, either that or I, my girlfriend has to step away. That terrible, you have that terrible vegan gene, or that, whatever that. that I, no, that my grandma's vegan. My, okay, my grandma's kick ass. She's like 88. She, I love it. She, she uh, with being diagnosed with diabetes, she's like, no. I'm not doing the insulin. I'm not doing the shots. I will just change my diet. So she went vegetarian hmm. originally. Interesting. Uh, and she was like vegetarian for as long as I remember. I was raised vegetarian. Really? And then she went even hardcore-er, and she's like, I'm going to go vegan. And for the last maybe 15 years, she's God, been vegan. It's committed, man. Because I, I think sometimes that I could do the vegetarian thing if I had to. It's not that bad. It's, yeah, I could supplement it. The vegan thing is tough. Yeah. To not have like eggs and cheese... And those those two right there are tough for me. I eat a lot of eggs. I went so. the opposite direction. My dad ate meat, and so whenever we had pizza, he'd always get wings, and I just smell the hot sauce. And I love hot things, so oh, like yeah. I, I'm yeah. going that route. Uh, what was your first automobile? Um, it was a 2001 Black Jeep Liberty. It was Ooh. my dad's. It had like 163,000 miles on it. He'd drive it from Rochester to Utica back and forth. It's his commute daily, yeah. which is insane. But uh, it was a it was a great vehicle, and mm. honestly, in great shape. I like Jeeps. I always wanted a Jeep because my buddy had one of them big square-looking Cherokees when we were in high oh, school, yeah. and I thought those were dope. I, I, I was just one of the one from Jurassic Park. I just wanted yes! a Jurassic Park Jeep. See, they make sneakers with those Jurassic Park co- colorways on them. Do they? Yeah, I need to get a pair. <laughs> you may or may not have taken your Jeep Liberty uh, to see it, but what was your first live music event? Ooh. Oh, that's going to be tough. I don't know if I remember my first It's got to be... I either saw, like... Um, it was Panic at the Disco and mm. Motion City Soundtrack. Really? I love Motion City Soundtrack. Maybe in Albany. They were nice. together. It was really cool. And Motion actually came out through the crowd. And I was like, wow, these guys are actually my size. I listened <laughs> to a lot of that, like, sort of... I, I played in pop-punk bands with Kevin when we were growing up, so I was big into, like, like Blink and Jimmy Eat World and Motion City Soundtrack and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Motion City is the one that people don't really talk about very often anymore. Like, you still hear people talk about, like, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, and, like, some of those bands. But Motion City had a lot of good songs and albums. Yeah. And I don't... 
I'm sure they're still doing their thing. I'm just getting old, so I don't pay enough attention to right. music anymore. Every now and again, I, I always go back to the Even If It Kills Me album. Because that album, from start to finish, with with like one exception, there's like conversations or something. I didn't. That's one song I won't listen to. There's I can't think of the name of the album, but it's the one that had um, Let's Get Effed Up and Die, whatever that song is. Yeah, uh, I know. It's, it's like the, I think the album that, preceding it. That's a great album. I love that. Yeah. That album was heavy for me. Heavy rotation. Heavy rotation. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is a tough one. So if you want to come back to it after I read it and you want to give it a minute, we can do it. But uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be and why? Yeah, I'll give you a minute if you want to come back to it. Yeah. All, all right. right. Let, me, let me think on that. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Um, uh, what is it called? The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Oh, really? Yeah. What do you think? You enjoy it? Yeah, it's really good. It's I'm very curious. I like her. She was in House of Cards. Yes. And that's all I remember. That's exactly what I remember from. Like, this is a different take on it. Yeah. She wanted <laughs> yeah. completely different. Yeah, she's not Rachel Posner in this. Um, that's a, It's interesting. I, I have Amazon, and I sort of forget that it exists sometimes. Like, I have the Amazon Prime, yeah. and I, I watch mostly HBO shows. <laughs> I just watch old Sopranos from back in the day. Uh, do you want to come back to the dinner thing, or you want to move on? Um, let's move on again. I haven't actually thought about it. All right. Um... Well, I'll give you the last one. We don't have to do the dinner one if you want to. It's always the supplementary one. Uh, besides uh, contributing to the community, besides Syracuse basketball, as I can see on your hat, uh, what is one more thing, but NPR NASA, obviously, one more thing that you, Derek Crossman, are passionate about? Um, outside of beer? Outside, <laughs> outside of beer and, and all the other stuff we talk about? Uh, shoot, what am I passionate about? Um, well, the Jets. So that's more oh, sports. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm, so sorry. I'm a Bills fan, and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it feel any better. I'm about the same boat. I, know. I mean, it's just us chasing the Patriots for the next, like, five, until Brady retires, I suppose, right? Like, yeah. They're still always going to be better than us, because I don't, well, didn't you guys just sign a quarterback? Sign Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, yeah. <laughs> come on, he's going to come Teddy back. Teddy Bridgewater has good. one good leg. Hey, well, listen, I would take Bridgewater over McCarron, I feel like. McCarron yeah, no, is a bum. McCarron. No, no, no. The Bills better trade up into the draft and get the third pick and draft one of these three quarterbacks or else they're in trouble. And that, folks, is uh, us talking about sports and scaring away all the non-sports fans <laughs> at the end of this interview. Uh, Derek, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming in. Uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. much again Derek Crossman always a pleasure to speak with him guys we're back made Kevin, it did you find the other deals in that Bed Bath & Beyond while we were uh, none that were good enough for Heather but <laughs> I did find a couple so yeah yeah nothing to quite you know match Heather's discerning sorry. I'm so sorry she's so sorry well, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, I, I always go to, like, I always think that, like, Target has lowbrow, like, home decor stuff until I go into it. I'm like, you know what? I can find some things I here. Like Target. I like Target's nice. Target's got some great. nice stuff. Yeah. I was saying Ikea, but there's not one around here. Hmm. Ikea. I, I, we couldn't have an Ikea around here. I don't feel like it would do enough business no. to stay open, but it would be dope. I feel yeah. like everything I've ever experienced from Ikea has been, like, particle board junk that falls apart. Only the furniture. Yeah. 
Like, like what else they got? They have I've, I've home, never been to an IKEA. Everything, the, the man. Everything, man. Kids stuff. Yeah. Uh. Carpets, pillows, mattresses, yeah, blankets, towels, uh, kitchen stuff, kitchen supplies. Really top level in there. Mm-hmm. Like just all sorts of good stuff for the kitchen. The stuff that Fuck you yeah. see from Ikea is the stuff that I buy from Ikea, which is like $30 bookshelves because I need shelves for my books and I don't want to spend money. They're made okay. of particle board and you... You can get nicer furniture from Ikea as well if you care to spend that kind of money. A lot of people just go to Ikea because there is a cheap alternative yeah. to having to spend real money on something. Hmm. Cool. Plus, at the end of the day, you can throw it out of your apartment and it'll smash into a million pieces of particle board, which is always very satisfying in hindsight. I may or may not have done that when I was living in New York. Mm-hmm. Throwing stuff out the window? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's fun to throw things out the window. Um, <laughs> fun to do a lot of stuff that you can't do. It's <laughs> very true. It's why... It's millennial. These stupid millennials. All right, all right let's move. Uh, history lessons, guys. I have a whole packet of history packet this week. No, let's, no. I can't wait till these people find out how much printer paper you're using on a weekly yeah. basis they know for history lessons. Okay, uh, on this day, May, March 20th, ni- uh, 1349, 13, 1349, according to scholars at the University of Paris, the Black Plague is created on this day from what they call, quote, a triple conjunction of Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars in the 40th degree of Aquarius, yep. occurring on the 20th of March, 1345. I like that this was what qualified for, like, scholarly work. Well, get ready. It's coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, we are going back. Uh, despite what these scholars claim, it is now known that the bubonic plague uh, was caused by a bacterium spread by fleas that came on rats. Uh, it is thought the disease made its way to Europe in thir- 1346 uh, after the Tartars, a group of Turks, were battling Italians in Genoa. The Tartans were struck down with the plague and then catapulted the dead bodies over the wall onto the Genoese, uh, thus fly- sending them back to Italy with the disease. It seems kind of... Uh, One of my favorite medieval warfare techniques <laughs> is flinging plague bodies over the walls of cities. It's a pretty powerful it's move. Un- unbelievable medieval war technique. Uh, so... It's, this is pretty wild to think about, just this sentence. By the time the worst was over, uh, basically the worst part was from ni- uh, 1347 through uh, 1352 when it really struck in Paris and France and the major parts of uh, Europe. One-third of the continent's population was dead. One-third! That's an insane amount of people. I can't even, like, what would that look like? It'd be horrifying. Bodies everywhere. Yes. It'd be horrifying. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, they still call it by like a scary monster name 700 years later. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It goes to show you how scary it was. We'll never uh, forget the Black Death yeah. in 700 years. That's how scary it was. Yeah. Horrifying. Horrifying stuff. Um, this is why we don't get immunizations anymore. Yeah, <laughs> All this stuff Jesus. to come back. All right, on this day, March 19th, 1931, in an attempt to lift the state out of the hard times of the Great Depression, Nevada State Legislature votes to legalize gambling. Uh, At the beginning of the Depression, uh, mines were in decline, economy was in shambles, state legislature voted. um, Let's see here. Today, state gambling uh, taxes accord for the lion's share of Nevada's overall tax revenue. I think that gambling gets like a bad reputation because it's kind of like addictive and terrible and can ruin your destroy families, destroy families right. and lives. What do you? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Cool. Uh, all the bad rap that it all gets. the bad rap that it gets for yeah. Uh, that being said, I do enjoy a little gambling here and there. Uh, so I did come up with my five favorite types of gambling. Would you like me to share them with you guys? Um, we have to. We do. Okay. We do. Yeah. do you yeah. have? You not like to gamble? I like. 
like slot machines. No, I like blackjack. Blackjack. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, see, so you got a little bit. Yeah, what about you, Kev? No poker. Not particularly. Uh, it's it's all all right. I don't mind to play the games. I don't. I've never really enjoyed gambling. I don't like giving my money away like yeah. that. It's if I lose $20 a right, man, I'm I used upset. to have $20. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Fair. For what? Like, the thrill, it's not worth the value of the $20 for me. Yeah. I was going <laughs> food or something. That's where my degenerate nature kicks in, because the thrill is very That's exciting. Well, because you understand you can turn that 20 into 40 real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see. I can flip it over. So here we go, number five. Uh, horse racing. Now, I'm sorry if you don't like horse racing. I'm just saying I like the idea of picking a name and putting money on it and yelling for two minutes about some name I never knew or cared about. Like, go War Biscuit! You, you got it! And put money on War Biscuit. All right, number four, roulette. I just think it's fun to do. You pick you pick a number, throw the yeah, thing we, down. We know it is. It's actually, though, historically the worst gambling odds. Like, of all the games you could play, roulette has historically the worst gambling odds. Makes sense. Number three, uh, fantasy sports or betting on sports. Only because I like sports and I feel like somehow I have some sort of inkling into the gambling world that no one else in this gambling world has. Like, oh, well, I, of course I, that's, you know, absolutely Syracuse is going to win. Duh. Right? Uh, number two, poker. I just like poker. I think poker is the most exciting game. Unlike blackjack, unlike slots, you're playing against other people. You're not playing against the casino or the house. It's sort of a game against other people and not against an amorphous, overarching, big gambling, big casino body. And number one, of course, CeeLo, three dice CeeLo, the only gambling game that matters. CeeLo for dollars, folks, the only game that really cuts the mustard. I would have to agree with you fully on that. <laughs> we should start playing it publicly more, like just bouncing the dice <laughs> off a wall. Picture us down at Franklin Square throwing dollar bills on the pavement, bouncing dice on a so piece of cardboard. Fun. So much fun. I think we gotta get into it, because it's nice when you gamble like that with dollar games, because then you can have big ups and big downs, because if you lose 20 bucks, but you lose it in $21 games, yeah, yeah. that's bang yeah. for that $20. Yeah. If I put $20 down roulette and lose it in 30 seconds, I'm, I'm going to sell. I'm going to cry. The problem with CeeLo is once you get past that $1 game, once you start getting into those 2 5 $10 games, that money goes real quick because CeeLo's fast. It gives you some time to warm up a little bit. <laughs> a little time to warm up. Uh, this day, March 22nd, 1933, uh, FDR legalized sale of beer and wine. Now, this was actually before the passage of the 21st Amendment. Uh, and a lot of it was because FDR had developed a taste for alcohol while attending New York cocktail parties as a budding politician. Smart. Um, matter of fact, even before that, President Woodrow Wilson had unsuccessfully tried to veto the Volstead Act once it was uh, once it was put in order. Uh, it's just interesting to me that this got passed through when mostly everyone seemed against it. Like, I understand why it went through the temperance movement and all those kind of things. And it just seems weird, like, immediately Prohibition and the Volstead Act were unpopular, and it took so long to get rid of it. Just what first. happens? Like, all the people who are against that tax bill, they just rolled out. They still yeah, slammed still, it through. It's, 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 it's the same great, kind of thing. Great point. People are against a lot of the things they slam through. Uh, great point. Uh, March 23rd, 1969. Uh, a Jim Morrison concert in Miami prompts the, recent, uh, the Rally for Decency. Uh, apparently 30,000 young people in Miami... Uh, met to organize in response to an incident in a Doors concert where Jim Morrison exposed himself to the crowd. Uh, I just think it's weird. I can't imagine seeing 30,000 teenagers at a a rally for decency in 2018. I don't know. I guess I could. I don't know. Still do anything nowadays. Nothing shocks me anymore. (laughs) I feel like... Now, I understand that Jim Morrison is a weird guy and he exposed himself on stage, but... uh, 
This is still a big deal today, right? If he like, if he's it was on, like on Jan Jackson. Would it be a big deal if a musician pulled out his dick on stage to today, teenagers? right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, it, it would. It's still a big deal today, right? Yes, yeah. it would. Yes, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of people getting in trouble for exposing themselves to teens and women. So yeah, I think he would be in quite quite a bit of hot water. I feel like if he was naked... Plus, the doors are super overrated. Yes, Fight they me on are. Twitter. Go oh, my God. It. Don't at me, but it's true. They're super <laughs> overrated. They're wicked, wicked overrated. What's weird about this is he did... This is kind of, it's not a sad ending. It's just a dark ending. Like, after... This guy, he got in trouble for this. He was sentenced to six months... Worse. Yeah. He was sentenced to hard months, six labor in a Florida prison. He left for France while his conviction was under appeal and then died in Paris. It's like a really... Like dark, not romantic ending to yeah. a terrible, strange. Definitely, career. just don't pull your dick out on stages. Yeah, like, don't do that. That's a pretty don't fair don't rule for that. everybody all the time. Fair though, that guy was not gone. <laughs> fair enough, but like, just don't. <laughs> just don't. Just Very don't few do lines that. that we got to put on our crazy, drugged up rock stars. That's one of the lines. Unfortunately, we have to insist upon. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, March nineteenth, two thousand and three. Uh, War in Iraq Part 2 started. Remember this? You guys remember any of this? We were like 18, I feel like, when this yeah, happened. Uh, yeah, George W. Bush announced in a televised interview, at this time, America and the coalition forces are in early stages of military operation to disarm Iraq, free its people, and defend the world from grave danger and weapons of mass terror that we never found. Never found them. Because they weren't there because they weren't there for the oil and you wanted to prove to your dad that you were worthy, George. Just a reminder, guys, I know that there's like this big push for like, oh, George W. Bush. Yeah, remember, he was he's not so bad. He was. He's pretty bad. Yeah, well, and comparatively, he's not so no, bad. That's only because the was. guy now is so terrible. But George Bush, still a war criminal. Yeah, it's true. should have gone to jail. Just keep that in mind. All right, so uh, moving on from history lessons. Um I don't, uh, we're going to get into some product placement. We have two products we're going to discuss. Bottled water and Postis. What do you want to discuss? products paying us? No, no, no. Because we're going to talk trash about them. So we, they, they can't uh, for bottled water as plastic. <laughs> yes, well, it's true. Uh, did you guys read this? is actually last week. Uh, there was a major study conducted by Sherry Mason of the State University of the New York of Fredonia. Uh, and it uncovered a, uh, and it uncovered Widespread contamination in plastic bottles across nine countries. Uh, Brazil, China, India, Indonesia, Kenya, Lebanon, Mexico, Thailand, United States. Plastic was identified in 93% of these samples, including brands like Aquafina, Dasani, Evian, Nestle Pure Life, San Pellegrino. Uh, we don't drink a ton of bottled water around I, here. I have, yeah, I drink some of it, though. But. Are you concerned about, like, getting No, that? you know why? Because they have no research to back up that if plastic is harmful to people, they they just don't have anything yet. So everyone's freaking out about something that research hasn't really quite been done for. I don't know if you watched the documentary on plastic or... No, I never have. one on Netflix right now. But they've done testing, and they haven't been able to prove that... BPAs in plastic are harmful. Not that it's good we're swallowing it or... Right, of course. But people are freaking out about it and they're like, you're going to die and we don't know that yet. So I'm not going to... Yeah, representatives from the water or the bottled water industry took issue with the findings, saying that they are not peer-reviewed and not based on sound science, which uh, is basically them just saying fake science. I assume they're calling fake science on this. I mean, we shouldn't have plastic floating in our water and drinking it. Certainly, <laughs> certainly. Uh, will this make you drink any more yeah, or I'm less? Done. Done with bottled water. Done with bottled water. <laughs> Do you remember when like this? Who was like the when everyone was buying the fancy metal bottles of like water bottles? You mean the glass bottles? That well, they're the glass bottles, but they were like the, the sig bottles or they had like a funny brand name oh sig yeah. so is that what they were that was like, I remember that being a thing like that was the first time I'd seen people be like oh you get plastic bottles around it's bad for you BPA right? well we've been doing we do all like the metal mm-hmm. containers um so 
You guys use post-it notes for anything? I haven't in a long time. I, I love, used to use them all the time. I actually like post-it notes. I use them all the time. But have you ever felt that they're not quite extreme enough? No, you I'm gonna assume. Be, I'm gonna assume no that you guys have not. <laughs> well, because Post-it Notes this week got an extreme update. Post-it Notes Extreme, the first. Do up- they actually stick to stuff now? Yeah, because. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be a little more extreme. Yeah. So the idea is it features durahold paper, an adhesive that will stick on materials beyond your average office surfaces and withstand tough elements. Uh, I mean, like I've never used a Post-it note that lasts for more than like. 45 seconds. I don't know. I'm always using tape to tape my... To tape the post-it note onto something? Yes. That's a classy move. Uh, I'm just going to say, I like post-it notes. I use them for work all the time, but uh, I don't feel like... This is just a weird branding, right? Just just trying to get some some good brand. You can't put extreme in front of everything. Some things don't have an extreme version. There's not like an extreme version of bottled water. There's not an extreme... Or like, how about more adhesive or something? Yeah. (laughs) Extra sticky. Yeah. Wait, like, I don't... There's nothing extreme. I thought you were going to tell me they have light-up ones or... Now, see, that would be all right. I could get behind that. Yeah. Like, invisible ones where you hold up the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you guys using so many post-it notes for? I actually use them a lot at work. I like to put them on my monitor to remind me to check something Mm. or, like, feed... I feel like I write on stuff. Well, write on it, but that's what we're doing. We're writing on it and posting it. I feel like I just write right on things. Like, Good for school stuff. Like, write on Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for school stuff. I like them. I do like them. Um, I have all the colors. I have all the really colors. Sorry, on well, you should be sorry because I, I, I like super and you got re- I apologize you. I, so much. I appreciate that. I can tell that you I do. I appreciate it. These words feel so genuine. <laughs> well, kind. <laughs> <laughs> I got some tech news, guys. You ready for some tech news? Tech always, tech always corner? ready for the tech corner. Tech corner. Yes, that's right. We need a tech corner sound effect. Like, you got sound. Tech corner. That's not good. Um, all right. Nope. You guys use Amazon all the time. I use Amazon literally all the time. Google is launching a new program called Shopping Actions, which is going to be a direct competitor to Amazon, although it's not a site. This is kind of interesting. I actually don't hate this idea. It's not the worst idea Google's ever had. You know how, like, if you type in, like, there's that that shopping option for Google, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, I need to get cat food, whatever, soap, right? And you type in, like, Tide. Instead of just going to Amazon, it'll basically be like a cart for your Google account that you can add things from different places. So if there's a deal at Target on Tide, you can add it to your cart. Or if there's, like, a deal from Toys R Us on you can add it from different places, right, instead of having to go to one hub. Yeah, but do they... And then Google collects all the product? I like, suppose how's that working? so. Because how do they have fulfillment and you know they're going to get it? Just asking. That's a great question. They're calling it a Google-hosted checkout flow is the term that they're referring they to. They haven't quite thought it through all the way. Well, I think they're just trying... <laughs> surprise, surprise, Google back at it again. After we're all the Google Plus, Google Hangouts, all the Google junk they tried to pass Google off. Google Glass, that wants. was horrible. Google Glass. <laughs> Google Glass. We just watched this. You can buy anything through us. We don't know how you're going to get it, but we're going to get it. Well, apparently it's just looking for like a plan for them to try and get companies to ally with them against Amazon because Amazon is like stepping on their corner. You oh. like Amazon? Amazon, but want five more steps in the process? <laughs> Join Google. <laughs> Join Google. <laughs> no, Amazon no. too quick Thanks. and convenient. We'll, we'll Does your online too. shopping go too fast and give you too much time to think about your impending existential Are you dread? Free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> do you not? Do you not like Amazon Prime's television portion? Do you not want any of that? You just want the shopping portion. Um, so, guys, I like. Uh, Facebook is all over the news lately, and you hear a lot of people talking yeah, about, like... Yeah, they lost so much money today. Yes, they did. They oh, lost a exciting. ton of money. It's exciting. Uh, so it came out earlier this week. Uh, 
that since 2015, Facebook has known about a company called Cambridge Analytica, a data mining company hired by President Trump's election campaign, uh, and they improperly uh, obtained the personal data of 50 million Facebook users, and the social giant failed to do much about it. Uh, when they found out about it, they asked them to promise they would delete the data, which is basically be like, hey, you guys, can you not use any of the stuff you found? Please, we know you did it, but don't do it. Uh, surprise, surprise, they did not. They did not. They decided they were going to keep the information. Uh, Facebook reported this morning uh, that their stock fell more than 4%, and as of right now, it's up to about 6.4% the stock has fallen. Uh, and as we've found out over the last few years, if there's any way to really get change in anything, it's make a company's stock prices fall or have their advertisers get mad at them. Really the only way you can get anything done in today's world. Um, so I guess my question is this. We've, grew, we've, we've had Facebook in our lives since it's been around. We're in that age group where I remember sort of Facebook coming into existence. Will we, li- will we see a lifetime where there is no Facebook anymore? Yes. You think so? Yeah, it'll turn in our like MySpace, it'll turn in like a music thing or something. I don't know. I think it will convert hmm. into something else. Well, because I think there's precedent for it, right? Like, because MySpace, uh, you could have made this argument for MySpace 10 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine, like, like maybe there'll be a new Facebook that sort of comes it in was, and takes... I feel like it was, I feel like it was, if it was ever really the same, it hasn't been the same in like 12 years. I don't think MySpace is an apt comparison to Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they both started, like, they have some commonalities in the fact that people make profiles and it's initially pitched as like oh way to stay connected with your friends but facebook has always been a data and surveillance company that was pitched as a certain thing like stay connected and stay inundated and talk to people but there's a reason they make you sign up with exactly who you are exactly what your accounts are and everything like that facebook has been sold as one thing but i don't think it's been that thing for a long time and i think what's happening now is people are starting to sort of come to realize that, like, all Zuckerberg and all these other, like, goons and, you know, criminals and scumbags have known what they were doing for a lot longer than they've ever let on yeah. for. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's only five foot seven, hmm. and he spends a ton of money trying to make sure that in every photo he ever appears in, he looks tall. Like, he puts a lot of time and effort into staging all of his photos so That's it doesn't look Facebook like a little orc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of call from lawmakers where, like, we should have regulations and stuff about... And there probably should be some kind of overarching regulation on how we should handle, like, what's presented to us mm-hmm. on social media, right? But that also gets into, like, a weird... Yeah, then... Like, a weird... Place. Let's just keep it in the grave for now. Um, this is interesting though. Facebook's growth in revenue has constantly gone up for the most part since their in like since their inception. But in late January this year was the first time they've ever reported that people were spending less time on the platform, and it experienced its first ever decline in daily users. A lot of people are attributing that to like public weariness. Like people are kind of burned out with like the idea that Facebook is not like a mm-hmm. fun place to go anymore. It's annoying and sad. Yeah, it brings <laughs> you down, right? I mean, it doesn't do what it... used it... to be, like, birthday reminders would come out, and now they, like, send you alerts about people's birthdays, and you get all this stuff for it's people's crazy. birthdays. It's crazy. You get alerts about everything. Yeah, it's like so and so's birthday. I'm like, oh, do I have to wish that person happy birthday? I don't wish anybody a happy birthday. <laughs> anybody, not a single soul. I don't, I don't even look. If I have to get on Facebook for a work thing, for, like, an event at work or something like that, I literally click over to it so fast so as not to look at the feed because I have no interest in seeing what's going on because yes. it's all it's horrible and horrible. bad now. <laughs> like it makes it makes me feel like bad yes. and gross yes. to look at Facebook and it's crazy because it's, it's such a visceral reaction. And it's know. different than the news because a lot of people say that about reading the news. Like, oh, I read the news and I feel dirty. But the news is presented by journalists. Facebook makes me feel dirty because it's presented by... Idiots. Idiots. A lot of times. And a lot of times idiots in my... 
like peripheral yeah, circle, right? Like we say it all the time. We say it all the time. I think we've said it a lot on the show, but I've lost a lot of respect for a lot of people yes. um, yeah. having That's to true. see what they post, what they share, what they're into, and some of the the opinions. People I used to consider like smart people or people that I used to consider like, you know, decent people or things like that. And it's just, it's been a wild year or two. I'm 100% sure that that happens to other people with like us, right? You think, you don't think there are people who like... No, because we don't post. I post the show on this stuff. You post the show, but you don't post anything. Yeah. You yeah, but you don't I mean? think people yeah, you who listen, you don't think there's people who listen to the show who are like, oh, I didn't know he was such a liberal or no. whatever, right? You don't no. think so? Anybody who gets into this show knows what they're getting into. It's <laughs> a fair point. It's, it's, it's pretty clear, yeah. The type of people who get upset about liberals aren't listening to the hottest podcast on Stitcher. It's a great point. You know what I mean? Like, those people don't even look to things like podcasts or anything like that. Like, this is a pretty, not echo chamber style audience, but if you look at the type of people who are really audience. into... Uh, Podcasts, yeah. you know what I mean? It skews to a very certain subset of sure. the population. That's no, true. I don't think Billy Lee with his Confederate flag on the back of his <laughs> truck up in Floyd is listening to the Uticast. Not this podcast. Yeah. There's some podcasts for him out there, I'm sure. Uh, I got one last tech story. Uh, we won't do the the mind uploading service. You guys heard about that? That there's like a, there's a startup company that you can upload your your brain and your memories into. It's called Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the catch is it only works no. after you're dead, so you have to be euthanized first, which sort of defeats yeah, the Yeah, no, perfect. give them reason to have me be worth more dead than alive. That's what the companies need. Don't watch my brain and I stop. That's what our corporate uh, that's what you think. But this is an update. You have a great brain. You do have a great brain. Thanks. You're very smart and clever. Thanks. Yeah. You'd be lucky to have your brain. Thank you. Upload your life on the Sam's laptop. <laughs> this this laptop's not in great shape. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> laptop's certainly not downloading not your lives. One. I don't uh, put my brain on this. So very quickly before we close up, I just want to say one last uh, sort of tech story. We've talked a lot about the self-driving cars over the past. We've talked mm-hmm. about Uber and Lyft and all those kind of things. This story came out today. A female pedestrian was reportedly killed today after being struck by an autonomous Uber vehicle in Arizona. In response, Uber has pulled all its self-driving cars from public roads in the state as well as the cities of San Francisco, Toronto, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Uber vehicles reportedly headed northbound when a woman walked outside of the crosswalk and was struck. Uber confirms the vehicle was traveling in autonomous mode with a safety driver behind the wheel during the crash. That's kind of weird. Uh, that would make the pedestrian one of the first known victims of a car of uh, a crash involving a self-driving car. Man, Uber just can't get out of their own way with bad news sometimes, but this is probably really this is bad. really bad for them, bad. I feel like. Right? Like this was one of their more pro- like not progressive, but this is one of their more like popular things about them is they were interested in like these self-driving cars and like being like getting something futuristic, not futuristic. Getting a hundred percent of that ride fare instead of the 45% that they get now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is... Let's make no mistakes here what we're talking well, about. I, yeah, but... Again, this is this is horrible for them. I, I know, I feel bad too because I still call it Uber right now. It's... You know what? It's, it's interesting to me because, like, it's sad that this lady died. Always sad when something like this happens, but... It gets into a weird space because if we're going to have self-driving cars, uh, just like with anything else that you do, statistically, some people are going to die. Because of self-driving yeah, cars. Some people sure. are going to get hit. There's going to be accidents. Things do happen. So it's interesting to see if this will, going forward, things like this will stand in the way of, you know, of people going forward and doing this. If one person dies, does everybody abandon the technology? It's it's going to be interesting to watch our society try to decide where we're going to draw these new lines for new issues that go forward. Because my first question when I read that is like, okay, so they said it hit the lady and she's outside of the crosswalk. Is it because the car and the driver thing is like tied to streets and crosswalks and stuff? Like it could be anything just as simple as that. Like it's not the woman's fault for walking outside the crosswalk, but it's not the automated car's fault for 
driving inside of its parameter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I'm not saying... Sen- I mean, are these things tested somewhere? Like, where... It's kind of what they're doing. Like, is, I, I, is it I going, like, through, like, a, a state kind of... Th- I know they're tested, but, like, if that's happening, obviously they're they're not okay. They're not sensing people in front so of So if they have... So if you have a regular Uber driver, the situation is exactly the same, but it's not a self-driving car, and this lady still gets hit and dead. is not a person. Do, well, does that mean... You know what I mean? Like, is that the same thing? If people are already dying because of it... Is it that different in this situation? Yes. If we're I all, think we still need to improve our technology before we have. I, th- cars I think out that's there. totally fair. I'm yeah. just, I, look, yeah, I think yeah, it's an interesting. If, if this is ten years from now, probably not. But right now, I think it's a little too. I feel like I feel like you don't get there in the tech to be ten years from now if you don't do the stuff today. Sure. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, you should sure. do it. And keep practicing it though. Yeah. So, all right. Doing. So I have one last thing. I got in a debate with my stepdad today okay. uh, about. Food that goes in the fridge or not, okay? Oh, sh- this is going to be good. Let me ask you this question. Where does ketchup go? In the refrigerator. It goes in the refrigerator? Yes. What about you, Kev? I mean, really, wherever you want. Most people keep it in their fridge. Uh, you certainly don't have to. Mm. Like, for all... You can leave it out. Like, if you leave it out all day, like your mm. barbecue and something like that, inevitably you want to put it in the fridge eventually, but you think about every restaurant you go to, they bring you one of those little carriers that's got the ketchup and stuff like yeah. that. That stuff's not going back in the fridge. Yeah. End of the night, it probably gets returned to a fridge for storage sake, but it doesn't necessarily have to be kept in the fridge. Most people do, and there's no reason not to, but there's nothing wrong with leaving it out for a bit. My stepdad is skeeved out by the idea of ketchup in the fridge. The idea of cold ketchup like makes him really uncomfortable and he does not like it. I get what he's saying. He really? keeps it in the cabinet. He, uh, he anywhere. He uses it, makes a hot dog, and then puts the ketchup in the yeah. cabinet. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I, know you could do that. See, I thought that was weird too because I, I I didn't know that you could, like, there are certain things that just won't go bad in that way. Like, you could. Keep refrigerated. I mean, hot sauce is the same way. You, we put hot sauce in the fridge. You don't. Just, uh, hot sauce is just vinegar. It's yeah. not really going bad out. if you leave it outside of the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it got me thinking about a couple other things that you should never post, uh, you should never put in the fridge, okay? And I'll see if there's any of these things that you guys do. Watermelons, or any kind of melon, as a matter of fact. Uh, keeping them on the fridge is bad for the flavor. You're supposed to keep them mm-hmm. out of the fridge. Potatoes as well. Yes. Kept yeah, out of the potatoes. Yeah. Uh, honey. Honey crystallizes if you keep it in cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, coffee. I don't know if they mean coffee beans, I think they mean. I, I don't know anyone who stores coffee in the fridge. Yeah, I, I don't Yeah, I keep it in a jar on the outside. Uh, tomatoes, not supposed to go in the fridge. They make mm-hmm. the tomatoes mealy and dull. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's true. Onions. However, this is a misnomer because only uncut onions can you leave outside of the fridge. I think that goes for most of these things. Once you cut them and chop them, you got to start storing them in the fridge. Can't really leave them out. Uh, garlic is this kind of... This, garlic's mm-hmm. an interesting one. You can keep garlic out, but once the head's broken, it yeah, usually... Yeah, we go about 10, 12 days before the, the thing starts to clove out. Like I said, hot sauce, no need to stash it. There's vinegar. Uh, Nutella, apparently, you do not have to freeze. Although I don't really no, like you Nutella. Would never, you would never fridge like that. That's butter. peanut butter. It's the same it's like thing. peanut butter. Yeah. I, I sick people putting peanut butter in the fridge. No, I hate when Zach does it, it, then I can't get it off on do. a knife. Is that it's a thing? All like, it's got no business being My husband being does there. it. I don't, can I say, I don't keep butter in the fridge, and that is weird. I don't no. either. My, hu- yeah. my husband gets very mad when I leave butter out, but I like it. You're supposed to leave the butter out. Thank you. Yeah, put the butter in the fridge for what? I don't know. I people can't put it on my all, toast afterwards. People are all horrified <laughs> that their food is going to like come to life and come after. Well, it's been out for 30 minutes. So it's it's okay. Uh-huh. I feel like most of these people have never worked at a restaurant. You have no idea what kind of mm-hmm. stuff you're eating anytime you go anywhere. Uh, I'm not saying the places are gross and dirty, but like... You can leave food out. Yeah. Food can be places. It's okay. Yes. You tell them. 
Uh, bread. Try to. Bread people put in the fridge a lot because it stops it from getting moldy, but it also dries your bread out. So yeah. you kind of got to be picky on that one. Bread. Who puts nuts in the fridge? Like like almonds. That's not a real people thing. People way too like much a, time on their hands. It's supposed to be the X generation. Apples. <laughs> apples. I, I'm, uh, I put apples in the fridge. I know you're not supposed to. You're supposed I to don't. leave them out. Uh, I just think that an apple tastes good cold. Okay. I, I don't know why. I think it's good. Got a little juice to it. Uh, avocados. Don't put them in the fridge. Stone fruit. And berries. Those are your last I three. I put berries in the fridge. I always put, well, okay, if I buy raspberries or blueberries or blackberries, might as well not even put them anywhere, because if I don't eat them immediately, they're just going to die in the fridge anyway, because that's like, a, it's like an impulse buy, right? Hey, raspberries, let me jam all of these into my mouth as fast as possible, or else they'll just turn into jelly in the fridge. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Um, Syracuse next week, they're still alive. We're still dancing. We're going to go all the way to the yeah, final all four. Yeah, the way to the final four. Cuse, baby. Woo! Woo. Yeah. Woo. Uh, <laughs> it's all I'm excited. humanoids. Uh, keep it tight. Uh, Woodstock lives. We'll catch you guys next week. Uh, that's it. That's all I got today. All right. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job.